on FM, on DAB, and up to date on social media. We are Radio Newark. Radio Newark. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, it's Strictly Mick and Tony as we get to grips with the big stories of the week. Tony gets all serious with another edition of Sports Thoughts. We look back at last weekend and forward to this weekend in the wacky world of local sport. And for the first time, we play Test Tony. And my only problem is, I didn't tell him we was doing that one. No. Welcome to the renowned Radio New York Sport. And these are some of the big stories that we're going to pass our opinions on. Ashton Villa midfielder Jack Grealish was attacked by a spectator who ran onto the pitch in the championship match against rivals Birmingham City. More on that one definitely to come. West Bromwich Albion sacked head coach Darren Moore after their draw at home to struggling at Ipswich. Saturday stalemate left them fourth in the championship and nine points off an automatic promotion place, which apparently is not good enough. Manager Terry McPhillips has praised Blackpool's magnificent support as the club's fans celebrated the end of a near four-year boycott with a 96-minute equaliser against Southend. A near sellout crowd of 15,871 at Bloomfield Road. England head coach Eddie Jones said the Six Nations should consider bringing in relegation after his side thrashed Italy last Saturday. Italy have not won a Six Nations match since 2015. A run of 21 matches. They were added to the Five Nations in, two, in the year 2000 and are 15th in the world rankings, while Georgia, who are pushing for inclusion, are 13th. Hull FC blew away a struggling lead side. I thought I'd put this one in, especially for him. With five first-half charges to set up their third straight win in the Super League. And Zinedine Dizan said he was very happy to be home after returning to Real Madrid after 10 months since leaving the Spanish Giants. Manchester City marched into the quarterfinals of the Champions League with a thumping 7-0 win over Schalke on Tuesday night to complete a 10-2 aggregate win and Cristiano Ronaldo was signed to win Juventus the Champions League and he might just do that yet after his hat-trick. And Sadio Mane um, helped Liverpool to see off Bayern Munich. 3-1 puts all four English teams in the quarterfinals. And the last piece of the week's news is that former Man United England midfielder Paul Scholes has left his role as Oldham manager after just 31 days. The 44-year-old took over on February the 11th and has won one of his seven matches. He says leaving is with great regret. On Saturday night, there wasn't a lot to talk about. It all literally blew up on Sunday. And, Tony, we'll come back to that one in your sports thoughts. I yeah. Um, let's pass our thoughts and see how many of these that we agree on. And if you want to join in at home on these stories, text 81400. Newark, leave a space and print your message. Facebook, quite simple, if it's working, is radionewark.com. And Twitter is Radio Newark UK. Don't forget the UK. I should be talking to somebody in America who won't understand sport. Um, West Brom are sacked there. Manager, head coach, Darren Moore. Um, they're fourth in the championship. What do clubs want these days? Well, I know what they want. They want immediate <laughs> success. But, I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, especially when you consider what a marvellous start they had as manager. I know they still went down, but he did. He really did put the soul back into West Bromwich Albion Football Club, and um, and and now, I mean, we only can go on face value if we don't know what's going on behind the scenes at a football club. There must be something more about Mister Moore because yeah, this is what what, what sh- surely to God even. Today's directors can understand that he's doing a very, very good job. That's why the fourth. So you, you don't know what's gone off behind the scenes. Um, it must be something more than the situation 
that appears ridiculous to the onlooker from the outside. I hope it's just about his ability and not his race. Oh, no, I don't, I don't think there's Because any... that's been thrown about in the newspapers. That's the only reason I bring it up. It's been thrown about in the newspapers. Why are there no or very few black managers? Yeah, I, I mean, um, you know, there's there's an awful lot of rubbish talked about race issues. Um, and it's a very, very dodgy subject to get into. But I come from Bradford. So, I mean, I'm, I'm quite well versed in, in, in the ways of racial integration because, you know... Bradford is 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 that sort of place, or at least it was in my day. I'd rather done not. But as you say, unless there's something that we don't know about, taking on pure ability, a lot of clubs would like to be fourth in the Premiership in in the um, Championship. Well, like like an awful lot of people, I only know Darren from what I've seen on television, and he comes across as a great bloke. And uh, I don't think he'll be out of work for very long because you know I'd, I'd have him at my club. Somebody who's not quite got Darren Moore's reputation is a gentleman by the name of Owen Oyston, who <sighs> has owned Blackpool for um, very few years, but what he's managed to do is take him from a top-flight side into a basically a Sunday morning side. When I used to go on my ground-hopping trips with um, Jim Mackay, Bullfinch, to his friends... I used to go to places like Corby Town and like even Chesterfield. I actually got a soft spot for Chesterfield when we went to their new ground. I would never have a soft spot for uh, Saltergate, apart from yes, a boggy, a boggy marsh. Get on with it. But I have always had a tremendous soft spot for Blackpool Football Club. And what Owen Oyston did uh, to that club is an absolute disgrace and it was one of the most heartwarming stories when the Blackpool fans finally went back to their ground and packed Bloomfield Road uh, once again and it was you know really really lovely to to, 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 see, to see the back of you know because I was playing in front of what two three thousand oh yeah yeah I mean even when they played Arsenal in the FA Cup there were so many people I mean, people were actually paying to get in, and when the whistle w- went, they walked out. I mean, it's it's like sort of the ultimate protest, and and you know, I mean, I love working. Well, I love love being here. It's, it's, it's never working, is it here? But I mean, it's, I love being here because my favourite colour is orange, and we are surrounded by orange. If you tell Blackpool fans that they play in orange, they go mad because they play in tangerine, but. I've always loved the kit, right going back to the, uh, you know, turn of the 60s and 70s. Absolutely loved Blackpool for a long, long time. And and, and it's great that the Blackpool fans have got their club back. Locally, the best-known Blackpool fan we've got is Martin Cowling. Who I have found out is Tom's uncle. Told you that weeks ago. Oh, well, I never listened to you, do I? Dear, <laughs> dear, oh dear. Including um, the surname. But but yeah, but um, but basically Martin has uh, famously fo- followed Blackpool th- throughout all his um, yes yes yeah credit to him for th- that th- th- throughout the three hundred years of his life and um, so um, but but I I, I think it's fantastic I, I would say if we had to do um, a highlight of the uh, EFL season that would be mine the fact that Blackpool are now back in the rightful. Situation with with Oyston having been uh, put to sea or wherever he's gone. Four teams in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Do you remember when we had this conversation? Who is going to win the uh, Champions League this year? And with my vast knowledge of uh, football, I said Manchester City. And, and, and you said Crew Alexander, which just shows what you know. <laughs> I did actually not say them, but I you... did say somebody who's not in the quarterfinals. I thought you said Liverpool. I said Real Madrid. Ah, I mean Liverpool would be still Liverpool would, would be the English team of the four to win it. Mm. I think they're they're, they're uh, I'm biting anything that, um, <laughs> but I, I do think that they are they are the best equipped um, to win it. I, I I think it's wonderful. I mean the Premier League is at last showing that it's. Everybody keeps telling us it's the best in the best league in the world. Well, if it's the best in the league in, league in the world, you've got to have your teams in the 
latter stages of the Champions League. Also, hey, it might be the most competitive, it isn't the best. Now, that argument, with four of them in the last eight, you can begin to argue mm. that it is the best. It's, it's good to see the Bundesliga in such a massive slump, isn't it? Well, well <laughs> you know, I, I mean, three of them beat German teams and it wasn't even hard work. No. I, I mean, Dortmund was top when Tottenham, and for God's sake, if Tottenham can beat you. Yeah. Um, Juventus with Ronaldo, I still maintain that he's the best footballer in the world. I still maintain he's possibly the best footballer ever. There was 2-0 down going into return leg and he scores an hat-trick. He scores goals in big games. You know, Man United fans will say, oh, what about Eric Cantona? Eric Cantona could score an hat-full against Crow Alexandra, but he, in games like this, mm. he went missing. In games like this, Ronaldo is at the forefront. I, I, I would have to agree with you. Um, I, know, I know I've uh, long um, promoted uh, the little magician that is Lionel Messi, but, yeah, I'm, I... The, the more Ronaldo achieves in football, when you think he's, he's knocking on a bit now as well. He's in 31, 32, isn't he? But, you know, yeah. but, but, I mean, for, for, I, 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 when I worked at the pharmacy in Newark as a delivery driver, um, a very, very good mate of mine, um, who, who was, um, I think he's now in charge of the sort of, you know, the, certainly this region of pharmacies, Pritesh, really, really good lad, and he's a Juventus fan, but he's a proper Juventus fan because chemists get a lot of money and he's able to go watch Juventus and, uh, you know, regularly flies over to Turin. And, and when, they, when, when Juventus signed um, Ronaldo, he, he was like a dog with two tails. He was absolutely he was. unbelievably delighted. I can't... It kills Real Madrid. I say Liverpool... I think Liverpool have the ability to win it out of the four-ring. Man City, obviously, I don't know what you're saying, but I think Liverpool... I'm not a great Klopp fan. Anybody who smiles like that, I, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I like I, him. I, I don't like... You've won nothing at Liverpool, mate. When you've won something... No, I like Then him. come on and start smiling for the cameras and, I and like, being uh, Mr that, Good Guy. I, I, I really you know, want him right from the start. I, I don't. I, I just... I've, I've I've Bill Shankly he used to growl at you. I've I've never liked a German before, but I uh, must admit I do like Klopp. Yeah, I, I, there's just something that I'm not. I don't know. Just too cocksure himself. Ajax, Porto, Juventus, Barcelona, City, United, Liverpool, and Tottenham, and everybody's in the hat now, aren't they? There's no yeah, there's no messing about with you know. No. Oh, you can't play against them because you played in a friendly 14 years ago or something. And, and, yeah, and and, and the yeah. draw is being yeah. made by UEFA, so there can't be any. Oh, there'll be no fixing then. No, so no. it'll it, be City against United and Liverpool against Tottenham. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, every, every faith in that fact. It is, it is a bit like uh, the Knox FA when a Newark side is involved in a cup yes. competition. Isn't yes. It? You know, drawn away a, on. A, drawn away on. Absolutely, no doubt it will be done well above board. Yeah, drawn away on some rubbish somewhere that you're not allowed to say because you get into trouble but I can because I'm not associated with them what Stapleford yes okay. um, England head coach Eddie Jones has said the Six Nations should consider bringing in relegation after his side thrashed Italy Italy have not won in the Six Nations for four years they are ranked two places below Georgia who apparently is a very nice girl but they are <laughs> they are ranked two places below Georgia I've got her on my mind now <laughs> um so should there be relegation? And yes, if there is relegation, definitely. if there is relegation, get England out of there. If there is relegation, <laughs> and if they do win a match, it's your lot's going to get relegated. No, no, not after Saturday, and the embarrassment we're going to heap on Twickenham. What by turning up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God! They've thrown a the ball on. Let's go. Yeah. No, um, I, th I think it'll be uh, a shock victory for Scotland. So, do you think they should have relegation? Yeah. I mean, it can only be between Italy and Georgia, really. Well, mind you, Spain's playing now, aren't they? Any situation that doesn't have relegation is boring, isn't it? Yeah, and they're talking about this in the Premiership of the Rugby, aren't they? So all the teams in it are just going to milk the money. No, it's... it's it, it, what, 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 what are you playing for? It's pointless. Yeah. If, I mean, let's be honest, what are Scotland and Italy really playing for at the moment? 
Well, I I, th- I thought Scotland would fare a lot better than they did, and I think it's because we've had a lot of injuries. That's that's been the problem. And, and you can add France to them if you want as well. To be honest, but I, 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 I definitely think France sh- should be relegated because of the French. Yeah, we keep agreeing with each other, not the only one we fell out with. Is, is, is a German. Uh, we'll end this little section on poor skulls. Seven games in, is walked because um, it's not how we thought it was going to be. He's not being given the rain that he thought he was going to get. No, Mr. Skulls, when you join a club like Oldham, you can't spend any money because they ain't got any money. That's what they wanted. Some of yours. And well, seven games uh, in, is walked because he's not used to not being a winner and he's not used to have everything he's got to do things for himself instead of everything done for him well i've been parked in newark since five o'clock um it used to be called driving but it was in newark and um been listening to talk sport and i heard that uh, paul skulls um actually lasted 40 days not 31 um, but um, you know that was talk sport, so obviously mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, my my information comes from the I'd, BBC. I'd, I'd, I'd obviously rather take um, you know Radio Newark's word than talk sport. <laughs> but um, you know, I mean, I mean, your bloke lasted longer at Leeds. You know, so uh, I, I really don't think. Oh, what was Paul Scholes expecting? He was going to Oldham for God's sake. Yeah, I, I mean, this is the point. What was he expecting? Um, Crazy. Just one final, final thing on Ronaldo. He has scored 124 goals in the Champions League. That's 18 clear of second place Messi in the list of leading scorers. He also, um, it's also more than the three times finalist Atletico Madrid's entire total. So Ronaldo scored more goals than Atletico Madrid in the Champions League. He has scored eight (laughs) Champions League hat-tricks. The joint most in the competition alongside Messi. He remains in contention to add to his five Champions League titles. Only the Real Madrid legend Francisco Gento, as with six, has won more European Cups. And it's almost four years since a team featuring Ronaldo was knocked out of the Champions League and he could still win the competition for a fourth successive season. You've got to be a bit good for have them stats after you. If you're going to have the perennial argument of who is better, Messi or Ronaldo, look at their international records. What has yeah. Messi done for Argentina? Ronaldo inspired Portugal, who are the very ranges of international football, to the European Championships victory. Yeah. Okay, I mean he didn't have a big say, to, big big great big say in the final, but it was on the strength of his ability yeah. that Portugal got to the final in the first place that that seals the deal for me that's why it is that's why for me he's the best because he's a the bigger the game the higher profile Ronaldo is but if it came to it I'd rather have a night out with Jurgen Klopp <laughs> <laughs> okay because can you imagine every time Ronaldo passed the mirror I mean you'd be out all night trying to get to the bar yes. with him wouldn't I, you I think though with Ronaldo the only topic of conversation would be Ronaldo and with Klopp Certainly. I'm sure the only topic of conversation would be Klopp Anyway, coming up next, um, we're going to get all serious with Tony Smith's Sports Thoughts. Once a week, and only once a week, we put our serious heads on, and Tony um, goes back to um, his proper job and puts pen to paper. Um, it normally appears in the Throwsurf programme about a week later, but um, it gets its first hearing on Radio Newark Sport. When a brain-dead Birmingham City supporter ran onto the field in the Second City derby against Aston Villa, there can't have been a lot going through his mind. When he assaulted Jack Grealish with a girly slap that would have made him the laughing stock of anyone unfortunate, would have made him the laughing stock of anybody unfortunate enough to know him, it said all he needed to know about the individual concerned. At a time when knife crime is the vogue, the stewards who let their guard slip should also come under the spotlight, especially the city steward who was seen having a sly kick at Grealish when pretending to pull him back from the crowd while the Villa player was celebrating with his own fans after scoring his eventual winning goal. That was as horrifying a part of the proceedings as anything that also took place at Hibernian or Arsenal 
on a weekend when football took another detour to an oft-visited gutter. Back to the brain-dead individual who attacked Grealish after running onto the pitch, he then waved to the City fans as he was led from the field, and they responded in their thousands by applauding him. Where does our beautiful game eventually lead us before we decide that enough is enough? Bradford City? Heysel? Hillsborough? Those events made us all stop and think about safety, violence and policing in the 1980s. Have we really learned anything at all in the last 30 years? Is it really going to take the death of a player on the field of play before people realise that you can only take footballing banter so far? God help us. Thanks, Tony. Um, first and only question is, where the heck do we go now? Because three times in one weekend, and we've highlighted this because it's in building up in scotland for a few weeks hasn't it yeah um slowly but surely it's been building up and it actually went over the top in scotland on friday followed by a 27 year old father with a baby on the way who was there with his dad and had a season ticket at birmingham for 20 years I, I, it's just unbelievable the biggest worry and you alluded to it on there is in this day and age when knife crime seems to be the in thing hmm it may not have been a slap around Grealish's neck. It could have been a knife. Yeah, it, it, was, it could very easily, but... I mean, on a lighter note, uh, my old advertiser colleague, Billy Phillips, bless him, who uh, a name a lot of people will know, he once said of Brummies, how can three million people have a speech impediment? But, um, you know, I mean, seriously, you know, if you've got... A severe lack of brain cells sufficiently to make you want to go onto a football field and confront someone wouldn't you also be in that brain dead think oh and if i take a knife how will that make me look in the papers it's not a long journey i'm afraid is it mm. it's a very very short journey from the back pages to the headlines on the front pages and people should remember that when they go into football grounds. i mean you know do we I mean, you did notice the lack of police in the ground because obviously they're expensive, so they have their own stewards. Mm -hmm. So there's a lack of police. There's a lack of police presence. <sighs> Do we go back to putting fences up again? No. Um, what happened last time? We had fences up, um, but is 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 fencing? Is fencing an answer? Is is banning away supporters for potential big matches an answer? Or are you on a wing and a prayer? It's not going to happen again. Well, the only thing in the only deterrent in football is not financial because football's awash with money, so it doesn't make any difference whatsoever how much you find people. The only deterrent is um, to dock points. But as you said to me, nicking a line that you used in the car park the other night. If a Mackham decides to sort of have a laugh with Newcastle and gets a black and white scarf for the weekend, jumps over the hoardings at uh, the Gallagher end and runs on and punches a, a visiting uh, player and gets Newcastle docked five points, he's the hero of Sunderland, isn't he? Yep. And and that is that that messes up that possibility in terms of a punishment. So. I don't know, the, 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 the real thing, I think we've got to vet stewards far better at, um, at, at um, Birmingham City rather than taking people on board who are also going to kick the players as well as the, you know, yeah, home yeah. supporters who attack them. But, I mean, stewarding has got to be the focus point in, in this. People have got to be aware that now people... I think it's okay to encroach upon the field of play, and they have got to be the guys on the goal face that sort this out. And therefore, I think anybody can be a steward. I think you've just got to turn up, take uh, minimum wage, and wear a yellow coat. I mean, I think we've got to get professional stewards in there, people who sort of, if you go onto a pitch, you're taking your life in your hands. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I agree with you. You go onto a pitch and... and, and 
done some big Somebody lads said on the radio, earlier on today, there's plenty of ex-servicemen that... Um, oh, yeah. Looking um, for a job. Looking for a job. Mm. They're the guys. And, and, the and, guys to it. and if you go onto the field of play and you've got trained killers as stewards, mm. you're fair game, aren't you? Really? Exactly. Nobody will go, oh, that's a pity. They'd all be going, go on, give him another one. Yeah. You know, so, um, that's prob- that, that, that might be the answer. Hey, I see, we've come up with the answer. Yeah. We have come If everybody's got a better answer, don't forget, 81400 Newark, Facebook or Twitter, if, at Radio Newark if, UK. If, if, if you can think of a better answer than Tony's... If, if there's anybody out there who, who can think of another way than, rather than resorting to violence, you know, please call us. Yes. <laughs> now, did you know... Not much. ...that between the 14th and the 18th of March, it's the World Ice Swimming Championships <laughs> in no. Russia... You have to wear normal swimwear, and they actually put chunks of ice into the swimming pool. You have to swim round these chunks, I assume, or wait until they dissolve a little bit. But it's the World Ice Swimming Championships. Some people will do anything to get out of their husbands telling them jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. But that got me thinking, because you've been a professional journalist for... 41 years. So I thought what we'll do is we'll test your knowledge a little bit tonight. So, Oh, is that my taxi? I think we need a little bit of music for this one. What shall we have? We'll have this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, born on this day in 1936 was Bob Charles. Who was Bob Charles? I thought you might know this one. No idea. Golfer. American golfer. Yeah? In 1956, Tessa Sanderson was born. Who's Tessa? Uh, javelin thrower. Exactly. And she won a gold medal in the Olympics in which year? 1988. Oh! Four years out. 84, Ooh. but that was close. In 1997, Simone Biles was born. Did you know, just going back there, Tessa oh, Sanderson, <laughs> she, um, actually... The music's playing. She actually went out for some fish and chips in Yorkshire, and then she took him home, and, and, and uh, she, had, she had a guest round, she went, oh, there's Fatima with bread. But, uh, crack on. Simone Biles. Never heard of her. American gymnast who won four golds in the last Olympics. <sighs> Come on, you're a professional journalist. Yeah, right. but gymnastics. It died on this day... In 1981, and I need the sport first, Ken Barrington. Cricket. You see, you're warming to the task. I'm, I'm strong on, on the gymnastics, obviously. To the nearest, <laughs> how many test? To the nearest ten, then. How many tests did he play? 61. 82. Hmm. Ken Barrington. played for Kent? I think it was Surrey. Sorry? Okay, I'll go with you. On this day... He played for England, so it must have been Surrey. It must, yeah, I'll give you that. On this day in 2017, what did Muirfield Golf Club vote to do for the first time in 273 years? Admit lady members? Yes! That's a good idea. Someone's got to serve the tea. <laughs> oh, cut in. <laughs> and finally, you'll love this one. In 1963, and this is... Two-part question, one's easy, one's hard. A two-part question. In 1963, Jerry and the Pacemakers released their first single. Their biggest hit, of course, was You'll Never Walk Alone. I want to know which football club used it as their anthem and from which musical was it adapted from? What, You'll Never Walk Alone? Mm. Well, Liverpool Mm -hmm. and Celtic. Yes, and the musical... You, you won't know. You won't have. I've got a clue. You won't have a clue because it's cultured. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the music was Carousel. Carousel. So a bit of a game there on on this day, and we'll probably try and pick up on that one again. Um, yeah, I th- I think again th- next week. We'll, we'll test. T- the only one I'm surprised you didn't get. I, th- I think less musicals and less gymnastics, really. I'm surprised you didn't get Bob Charles the golf club because he's a very famous American yeah, golfer. Yeah. Tessa Sanderson, yes. And I, was ju- I was just thinking of his brother John, who played for Leeds and Juventus, but <laughs> uh, 
Ken, Ken Barrington, of course, and I think it probably was so, because it, it was Colin Cowdery at um, Kent, wasn't it? Yes. The same yeah. era, wasn't yeah. It? Yeah. It, 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 yeah. it? It was it, it, his big mate, Colin Cowdery yeah. at, um, yeah. at, at Kent. But, yes, um, Ken's uh, death was very keenly felt in the uh, cricketing world because he was a lovely, lovely bloke and uh, a friend to, to, to all. Um not that um, I ever met him, but f- f- from what I've read, he was, he, was, he was much loved. Was you a Harry Potter fan? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know who Voldemort is, then, yeah, don't you? Yeah. And th- what they always said about Voldemort is he who must not be named. Yeah. Okay, just every Harry Potter fans remember all that. As we look back at last weekend in Radio New at Sportland, um, on paper... A fantastic 7-2 victory for flow serve against Clipston. Marred by a shocking broken leg for mm. Daryl Price. And it was lovely to see Daryl at the semi-final yeah. on, on Tuesday, you know. I'm going to see him tomorrow because um, we um, you, you took a very good picture of uh, Daryl in, in action. And um, so I've put that in the program for Saturday, and I'm going to take. I've just been around to uh, Hucknall today to pick up the programs. I'm going to pop around to Daryl and then do um, a focus on feature on him, which will appear in uh, our last program no, of the season. Yeah, we send uh, everybody um, yeah. from New York Sport. Yeah, but our um, best wishes. Um, his, his his little daughter, who was two years old, uh, Daryl put on Facebook today. She realised that Daddy had uh, a, a poorly leg. So uh, she walked into the front room where Daryl was sitting and kissed him on the leg and said, there, it's better now. So uh, I've put on, that's good, because we need a physio on Saturdays. <laughs> Craig wrote for wishes it was. <laughs> <laughs> so does Daryl, for that matter. Yeah. Um, so that was the shocking, uh, and the inexcusable came from he who must not be named, getting himself sent off, which, for a player of 31, 32 years old, was an amazing act of... What's the word I'm looking for, Tony? Um, thoughtlessness. Indiscipline, thoughtlessness. Um, absolutely crazy. And marred the afternoon yeah. before Daryl broke his leg, which was the upsetting part. But as, as I put in the report, that uh, incident in the 55th minute uh, when Voldemort got sent off, uh, it was the turning point in the game, but not as Clipston thought it might be, because no. we then played far better with ten men. We did. Friday night, we saw um, tenants against landlords at Station Road. Yeah. Um, and I put in Monday's report, entertaining at times, physical at times, and we like to do heroes and zeros. I... We've had one zero already, and I'm sorry, but we've got to have two more zeros. I didn't think... There was an awful lot of difference between the physicality shown by Newark Town and that shown by Collingham, myself. No, I, I thought it did. was. I um, thought Newark was. I thought it was six to one and a half to one. I thought other. my opinion was Newark pushed, and I think Damo's opinion was Newark had pushed it too far in the first half because if you ever, I, if I was brave enough to take his photo as he was walking off at half time, but mm. I wasn't because his face was like thunder. Oh yeah, and they come out in the second half, and if Newark build on that second half performance he's going to have a damn good team there well Damo reckoned that in the second half he turned it round and they played 4-2-4 four, four. Um, you reckoned it was about 3-2-3-4 I, I, I think they played it very badly because from where me and Lee Julian were standing on the touchline it looked very much like 3-3-4 three, three, and for the last five minutes, they played two, three, five, which I've not ever seen, but I have again read about it. So that was the old W formation. But they played football in the second half. They've yeah, st- they stopped the heavy-handed stuff. Yeah, and they played football. And a, the game was a lot better for it. Yeah. B, knew it was a lot better for it. And C, it makes it even more hard to understand what the hell happened in the last minute. They were heading for a two-all draw, which I believe would have been a fair scoreline from that game until um, the captain let down the armband tremendously. And um, Luke Body owes Newark Town a great deal for what happened in the last minutes of that game, and I hope he spends the rest of his career there making up for that, because he's a bloody good footballer when he allows himself to be. Yeah, yeah. He most certainly is. So, um, in the zero 
column. I'm afraid Luke Body has got to go in it, and so has Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> One day we'll get shot. Um, <laughs> we have bloody long clue. As predicted. <laughs> long, long queue. <laughs> as well as. <clears throat> as predicted, um, Matlock came to Newark and beat Newark by 29 points to 20. I think there's only one person predicting that, and I was apparently mischievous for predicting it, but that was the final score, and that has all but relegated. Yeah. Um, that, that's, a, that's a really awkward situation now for Southwell, because mathematically they're uh, still capable of avoiding relegation, but... I don't know anybody in Southwell who can do mathematics, so it could be a problem. Um, Floserve Reserves won and opened a two-point gap at the top of Knott's Senior League Division 2 however, on, Saturday, comma, on Saturday evening. <laughs> however, <laughs> being interrupted, comma, by the, time, by the time we got to Tuesday night, nobody kicked a football and suddenly they were second. Yeah, I spent Monday morning puzzling... Well, I spent Sunday uh, puzzling over the league table on the um, Not Senior League Second Division website. And and so I did my own league table on Monday morning. Um, and then, uh, having got that out of the way, I posted the updated league table is on the blog pages, well, there's on the blog of the Newark Football the Newark Flosser Football Club uh, web pages, and then clicked on social media, and Lee was saying, to say I am fed up is an understatement, because two teams have dropped out and they've revised, they've um, taken the, the results out of all the teams, and, and this is the revised league table, so I had to redo everything. So two teams dropping out of county football in the middle of March is... Sub-zero, in my opinion. It's disgusting. It is alarming because it's Saturday football, which is supposed to be the proper stuff. Yeah. If it was Sunday morning, you would expect it. Now, moving on quickly, because time is moving on, we, we bickered tremendously last weekend on the um, respective abilities of the two young match officials at Station Road and Lowfields. We agreed the one on Tuesday night at the semi-final was rubbish, but the other two, we disagree because i thought they had decent games you and many others didn't think they had decent games but that was all about opinion everybody's opinion is that lee mason at st james's park last saturday was absolute rubbish and wouldn't even get into the newark sunday alliance teams it, it was that refereeing performance how you don't the reason he didn't send jason pickford off is because as you pointed out he plays for England. Moving quickly on. In the heroes column, Becky Gallup. Yeah. Well, probably in a mad column, actually. Well, as I say, um, Becky is a superb physical athlete and is ideally situated for the sport that she's chosen um, metabolically. That's another one. Two this week. And, and, and Becky Gallup, five months pregnant, bless her. I mean, she must look like a beach ball. <laughs> she doesn't. I've seen the... the... Really? No, she doesn't. But if you're five months pregnant, I mean, let's face it, I've looked five months pregnant for most of my life, and, and how the hell has she managed to do that time for a half marathon? Uh, Seven for, minutes quicker than 2010. That's for, for, an, an amazing... Four months away from giving birth, bless her. That is just unbelievable. While we're on Newark Athletic Club, um, it's been announced, it's come out in public today, that Gareth Bagley has been made a life vice oh. president of the Notts Amateur Athletic Association. There's only a maximum of ten of them, and Gareth is... He's one of those. So, well done, Gareth. Absolutely. Well deserved. It's life. As he says, he must be getting old if he's getting these sort of accolades. But Well, know. he is a regular listener to this show, so he deserves some breaks in he, life. He doesn't really it? does, don't he? So, we, 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 we now, amongst our, our listening ranks, have a life vice president, which I think is quite, is quite good. Well, you know, I mean, um, if you're out there, Gareth, listening... I mean, there are other radio shows available. You do know that, don't you? But... but not as good. Could it go to anybody more deserving? I no, don't think so. It couldn't. It really couldn't. And um, 
Caroline Upton is a lady that we've got to have a longer chat to. We really have. The Grindleford Gallop was 21 miles of 3,000 3, foot of ascent, muddy, hail, sleet, snow, rain, sunshine and 50 mile an hour winds. That's just a normal, de- normal day out for her. It's yeah. amazing. How, how, how can she face that without any qualms whatsoever but can't come here in front of a microphone? I know. It's just... <laughs> you cannot... So, yeah. lots of heroes. Um, Becky's a hero. Caroline was a hero. And... I thought every single flow serve player on Tuesday night yeah. at that cup semi-final was heroes. We've done the zeros, including Voldemort. Um, and that was last weekend's yeah, I Radio mean, Newark. The only thing sport. that uh, I would uh, chip in there is uh, the referees' assessors get assessed. They see things, Tony, that <laughs> we don't. Mm, apparently. Um, they're looking for different things to what we are. And that, I'm afraid, is going a long way to ruining young referees because they're not allowed to referee as they would like. They have to referee by that, let's get it right, that law book. And they are not allowed to deviate one millimetre off what those laws say. In other words, they're not allowed to use any common sense whatsoever. Mm. And the young lads are being assessed every match that they play. You look at an old hand refereeing, and Andy Eind, a Rob Townsend nowadays, who enjoy it because they want to do it, and they know and they know the players, and they'll give banter to the players. They get away with it because they're not bothered if the assessor says you shouldn't have spoke to that player like that. <laughs> but if you're twenty two years old. And want to progress up that ladder, you get a black mark for talking to a player like that. Mm. Tizer on Tuesday night, he's not a, he wouldn't know how to put a bad tackle in. He doesn't know how to tackle. He hasn't got a clue. <laughs> and he got booked for a tackle. Yet other tackles that was going off there, mm. I, you know, I, I struggle, I struggle to, I always have and I always will, why they need to be assessed, why they are not allowed to use common sense. One day... I'll get a referee's assessor in here and we'll find out properly. I somehow doubt, though, that's ever going to happen. Can you do it when I'm washing my hair? Okay, it took 40 minutes, but we're having a rant. And the rant is down yet again to assessors and and referees being assessed. And we're talking about the Clive Owen, the rugby. Nigel Owen. Nigel Owen. Nigel Nigel Owen. The rugby referee. And, 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 And you listen to some of his comments and, and one I, I, I was picked up on and reminded of <laughs> today he was refereeing a rugby union match at st james park at newcastle and it come quite clearly over the mic that if you want to dive like that come back in the fortnight when they're playing soccer <laughs> doesn't that take the sting straight out of it because you're too busy laughing because you can't help but laugh the same guy was mic'd up during a wales uh, office and not during a wales game uh, but it was, it was mic'd up during international, and um, he uh, he said he said to a, an errant player, he said, uh, "Let me introduce myself. I'm the referee. You're not penalty." Yeah, it's <laughs> <not>. <laughs> I paraphrase, but it was still brilliant. Yeah, but uh, me and you immediately burst out laughing, as no doubt <laughs> yeah. did the player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, you know, oh, all I can say is let the referees enjoy doing what they're doing and and a referee and be part of the match be part of the two teams join in with them not be so be made to be so blasted officious mm. tuesday night it was probably it was a massive game for the teams and it was a massive game for the referee yeah. and he was being watched by at least two assessors yeah. and you could see some of his decision making he would it was be- the fourth official stood on the line shaking his head for God's sake. Yeah. The man was bewildered, but he was having to do it because it's what the law book says. I'm not sure whether the fourth official was shaking his head at the standard of refereeing or shaking his head at the comments you were giving behind him two yards away. Mate. Oh, and you knew it was an angel. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we move on? <laughs> uh-huh. This weekend in Radio New York Sport, we'll start with hockey and the ladies' ones have three matches left of a mixed season starting with a tough trip to second place. Rough, but you was the one that was complaining that chap was out of his technical area, not me. 
the club's Peter, the club's, Peter Griffin. The club's second string. I thought they were bringing a back four on him that far on the pitch. The club's second string, the twos, have enjoyed a successful season in Notts Premier, and they hope for a runners-up medal to show for their efforts. They require four points from two matches to secure this. Only one minor problem: they've got to play the runaway leaders, the University of Nottingham, and that's at the Magnus on Saturday morning. At 10 Have you seen Saturday's forecast, by the way? It's horrendous. Is it? Absolutely horrendous. Rain from when you get up in the morning to when you go to bed at night time. With the wind? Yes. 40-odd mile an hour again. Uh, the award for the most improved team at the moment go to the men's hockey first team. Uh, one defeat only in 2019. They've got three matches left, starting with a trip to second bottom. I love to say that. Second bottom, in case anybody missed it, Mansfield. <laughs> um it's second yeah, when they're top i read the paper upside down exactly it's second against third at lowfield a slow serve take on sherwood colliery five points separate the teams um with the x miners having a match in hand so it's simply um to put it very simply this is a match that the works cannot afford to lose if they're going to finish in the top two the question now, of course, is where are the goals coming from with Daryl Price, Voldemort and Danny Meadows out for the season? It's time for someone else to shine and that someone, me thinks, after watching it on Tuesday night, could well be Blair Anderson who enjoyed his best game for the club. It did. Um, Selston, um, the other team right at the top there, they travelled to Ashbay, Newark Town, were looked to put their disappointing derby defeat against Collingham behind him. They entertained Appleby Frodingham. Five wins from the last six um, matches at... Rewind. With five of their last six matches at Station Road, all against beatable teams, they could finish Tony in the top eight. Hmm. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just... um... (laughs) Flow serve reserves apparently are now having a week off. Um, Yeah. That's all to be changed. A cracking match in the uh, Knotts Youth League Under-18 Division 3 sees Fondon Colts in fourth place, take on Newark Town in second place. That revised league table for Newark Floors of Reserves, by the way, um, has not really done them any harm because um, they're one point behind and they've got two games in hand. Okay, it's so, you know. So, Fond and Colts, Newark Town, under 18s, Magnus, 10 30. That could be a cracking match. Mm. Ought mm. to be a cracking match. <laughs> Rugby Club have forfeited their Knotts Senior Cup, um, Senior Cup semi final at. Um, Pavias, Rob was upset, many people are upset, but they've got two members of the front row that was fit only, mm. and I've been talking to some rugby guys today, and, you know, if your front row ain't there, you don't put a bunch of kids in a team that's second in the table above you. If you're Manchester United <clears throat> and you're going to Paris Saint-Germain, and you've got several players out injured, you can put the kids in. Mason Greenwood, that sort of ilk. Put them in, because they're good enough footballers to stand up to that sort of thing. In a game like Rugby Union, you don't put untested individuals into a very, very dangerous environment. I, I, I totally support what's been done at Callum Road. That's very good thinking. Sad but good call. Right, here we go on an awfully long but fantastic list. Regis Sugden makes his professional boxing debut at Nottingham's Harvey Haddon Stadium on Saturday. Um, it's round two of the Sports Centre League for Newark Swimming Club. They're coming to see us, by the way, next Tuesday. We look forward to seeing them again. Charlotte Maiden... Um, takes part in the latest round of the Robert Rock Jr. Door. Um, This one's at Rutland Golf Club on Sunday, which is apparently altogether going to be a better day. Headline writers dream that name, isn't it? It is, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) New York Athletic Club's Zoe Smith and Ethan Lincoln represent Nottinghamshire in the East Midlands Junior Sports Hall Final at the Mears at Grantham again on Sunday. Amelia Crispin takes part in the English Schools Cross Country Finals at Temple Newsome on Saturday. Isabel Delvel, the um, our cyclist, is at Wakefield for round four of that town's circuit race series. Saturday, James Brinkat Smith is um, listing at the North <laughs> Midlands Bench Press Championships on Sunday. He tells us he's looking forward to seeing what sort of form he's in before the World Championships in May. And James and his daughter are coming in to see us around about the end of the month. He's lovely. 
Olivia Whitelaw, um, our junior sport, the Rick Lane junior sports person of the year, <laughs> no less, um, is at her first major event of the season, an international dressage event in Bedfordshire. Collingham under-18s play their rearranged cup semi-final um, against Bottisford Town. That's at Station Road 10.45 on Sunday. And RHP Colt should get back to winning ways when they take on Bottom Club Grimsby Borough at the Sports Village um, Sunday afternoon 2.15. The visitors have played 14 and lost 14. It's going to be a busy week, weather permitting. You know one of the highlights of um, last Friday night was seeing Rick's dad looking so well. It was, it was lovely to see him in fine form. He's a lovely, lovely man. At the, um, when poor old Rick passed away, and we did our show, and and again at the sports awards, and, and, and again at um, his funeral, we played George Ezra and Shotgun, Yeah, if you recall, because the story is that Rick... Um, when he was in hospital, decided he wanted a bucket list, and on that bucket list, he booked tickets yeah. to see George Ezra in Nottingham. George Ezra was in Nottingham, and that show was this Wednesday night, just gone. Did Vicky go? Vicky, Vicky went, yeah. um, and Vicky, like many, put something on social media and Facebook, yeah. and like many, when he played, when he sang it, which was his last song of the night belted it out and cried all the way through it <laughs> um, and but many of his friends have been on Facebook and, yeah. and, and who'd got tickets to go made sure they got tickets to go on what was a pilgrimage to the wonderful Warwick Lane excellent because he's still very very much in our hearts so um, you know it was um, as I say I was so chuffed to see Richard looking so well I was absolutely thrilled to bits because um it was, it, was, it was a lovely relationship, um, Rick and his dad, and they both should feel very, very proud of each other. So uh, I hope that um, New at Town continue to do well because um, there's some very, very good people there. Do you know what's been unique about this week? What? We haven't had a guest in this studio. Yeah. They sometimes get in the way, don't they? <laughs> Never ever in four years of doing this show, I cannot remember a week where we've not had a guest in, in this in in this yeah. um, studio. Um, we had a long chat on Wednesday night to to Adam Adam Alden, and mm. he's he's wonderful and it's lovely to know he's as daft as ever. Oh yeah, um, it, it, it really is, and we'll keep you in touch with Adam. He may not live around here any longer, but he's still one of us. He's one of our own. As they would say. Own, yeah. uh, next week in the Swimming Club, I'm making a welcome return to the studio. We're going to chat to them. And on Wednesday night, Tony's going to be sitting here like a little child around somebody's knees because Paul Johnson's coming <laughs> in to talk about <laughs> Paul Johnson. And he's going to l- love that show. Yeah. Uh, we can wrap on Monday, strictly Mick and Tony on Thursday. What we've got next, though, you can have a sit back and relax to the TNT Soul Show with the wonderful Dean Anderson and his team. <laughs> 